Amanita Minute is a podcast rooted in spotlighting moms and their journeys into motherhood. Brought to life by the company Ama & Co., this podcast is a means to build a community and raise awareness on the highs and lows a mother endures to bring a child into this world. Thanks for listening in and join me in welcoming another mom onto the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Amanita Minute, a podcast where we highlight moms and their journeys into motherhood. I'm your host, Margaret, and today I'm joined by a friend I've known since college years, Sally. Hi, Sally. Welcome to the show. Hey, Margaret. How are you? Good. Happy belated Mother's Day. Thank you. You too. You too. Uh, I'm really glad you're here to chat with me today. I've known you for over a decade now, and I've watched you from a distance, aka (laughs) on Instagram. Um, So I feel like we've both really grown up, and I'm excited to dive deeper beyond some of our like DMs on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it becomes apparent. You just instantly age a decade, so... (laughs) Um, but I also feel like, you know, when you have a child, then it's like suddenly you're more mature, you know, just instantly you get a little badge. I would hope so. <laughs> I would <to> think so. <laughs> um, so can you start off by introducing yourself? Yeah. So my name is Sally. I am an accountant, um, but please don't ask me any questions about taxes. I feel like that's the first thing people say. They're like, oh, you can do my taxes. No, no, I cannot do your taxes. (laughs) What kind Uh, of tax do you do then? um, So the company I work for, we mainly do like monthly accounting stuff and we focus on startups. So it is a lot Mm. of bookkeeping, a lot of month end generating financial reports again. Please don't ask me any tax questions. I probably <laughs> probably know as much as you do, and I don't even do my own taxes. I would like. To. <laughs> um, but so I'm located in Orlando, and I have two children: daughter, son. Well, three, including my fur baby. <laughs> um, lately, um, well, my son's only three months old, so I'm just out of the throes of newborndom so my life right now really is all about being a mom considering I was on maternity leave for the past three months so yeah and you're I know you're wrapping up maternity leave now right yes this is my last week kind of feels a little bittersweet on one hand um it's been nice because my daughter's in daycare it's been nice to just have time to spend with my son that Mm one-on-one time on the other hand, a little excited to be able to think about something else other than sleeping schedules and feeding mm. and mm-hmm. how to entertain a newborn, which at this point, I'm like, I don't remember what to do with them except lots of tummy time. So Yeah, I know. I was like running out of content towards the end of my maternity leave. Yep. I was like, I don't know what to do with you. Uh, I don't want to give you TV time because you're too young for that. But right? yeah. I can just watch you, I guess, like flail around on the floor too. If I'm not crying, I guess you're entertained enough. It's. I feel like as parents, we we assume or we always feel like our children like need to be stimulated like Mm -hmm. just let them be bored um was actually interesting though i read this article the other day about it's okay to let your children be bored um apparently if your child does not learn how to deal with boredom on themselves they're like that's like one of the number one reasons that they will drop out of high school which i don't know how Mm. valid that is but it makes sense right because Mm -hmm. as they get older like you can't always attend to them and they they need to learn to figure out you know how to entertain themselves if no one mm-hmm. else is here. although I think at the age of two and three months is a little young but you know <laughs> <laughs> no I think uh I think I read that same article actually uh and it was similar about like don't feel like you have to buy tons of toys because they mm-hmm. have to get creative with the existing toys if you don't keep yeah. giving them something new. So yeah. I think we probably read the same article. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we would all love our house to be a little less cluttered, have a little mm-hmm. cleaning to have to do. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you have a fur baby. How did she or he react to uh, the newborn? Um, so we have a husky. She's she's nine, so she's getting kind of old. Um and I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing only because she's definitely a lot more chilled out and mellow now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is 
was probably a little better when we first brought our daughter home, when we first brought Olivia home, um, because she wasn't like bouncing off the walls and stuff. However, the funny thing is, um, our, our human children and our fur child do not get along. Well, they don't not get along. They're just very (laughs) nonchalant about each other, mostly because, uh, our daughter hates that our dog velvet tries to take her food and (laughs) Olivia likes to scream at her. So they just kind of stay out of each other's Mm -hmm. way if they can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it wasn't, um, as much as I would love the cute, like, Oh, look, my dog and my like human child are like best friends. Not this household. At least (laughs) there's no like fighting, which would actually even be worse because I, I wouldn't know what to do at that point. You know, I, unfortunately I know a lot of, I don't personally know, but I've read about a lot of families who have, has to like give up their pet because either mm. like, their child has like an allergy or just mm. um, just like accidents that happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Even even though our dog is pretty chill around both our children, you know, you still read those articles. Like, you want to be cautious. Like maybe until they're a little older, you probably don't want to leave like your dog and your baby in the same room mm-hmm. just just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's always better to be safe than sorry, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you keep saying we, do you have a partner? Yes. Uh, my husband and I have been together for, this year will be 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. we've actually only been married for a year and a half though. Uh, we took the very non-traditional route, um, which was, which I don't think either of us expected, but I'm also a little bit quirky I like doing things that people don't normally do (laughs) (laughs) uh, we were together for eight years uh before I wanted to have a kid and the funny thing is I'm not I'm not a kid person uh growing up it was just my family like my immediate family and I I Mm -hmm. do have a younger brother um I do remember my college sorority um my grand big she her daughter she had her daughter when I was still in school and then I hung out with her before and she was like, Oh, do you want to hold my daughter? <laughs> not, not particularly, but my then boyfriend, now husband loves children. Um, mm. And then one day, like we have, we haven't even really talked about marriage yet. And one day, I guess, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I didn't used to think baby fever was a thing, but now I do think it is a thing because one day I was just like, we should have kids. Like, I want a baby. And he was like, excuse me. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, you're laughing right now, but I'm 100%, like 110% serious. Like, I feel like we should have a baby. Um, And then we didn't talk about too much. I had to, I feel like I inceptioned the idea into his mind because again, it's like the very, (laughs) for us being Asian, it's the very non-traditional thing, right? Mm -hmm. Most are like, oh my gosh, my parents would kill me if I had a kid before like marriage. But I think because we've been together for so long, um, mm-hmm. even though we hadn't really like explicitly talked about it, we knew it was going to happen. Um, my parents loved him. He was such a suck up when we first started dating. <laughs> That's what I always say. I don't know if he recalls it, but I feel like he was such a suck up to my parents. <laughs> my parents <loved> him. <laughs> what are some What are some things he did when you guys were dating that he did as a as a suck up? All my exes, none of them were. Um, Chinese actually mm-hmm. so it helped that he is Chinese not to mention mm-hmm. he is specifically well his family is specifically Cantonese which is mm-hmm. my family background mm-hmm. um, and then he is older than me so by the time we had met he was already out of school and he has um, he does have his own business and it's he's very successful um, and I think it helped reassure my parents because he was stable mm-hmm. um, by the time we thought about having a kid like at that point we were both already stable um Mm -hmm. and so like I mean just I remember when we first met he's like um I don't know I feel like most parents do like him like he's definitely like a guy that you wouldn't mind taking home to your parents Mm -hmm. like he's when we met he you know he owned his own business he had his own house he's just like Mm -hmm. like my parents could tell that he would take care of me Yeah. yeah I remember, I don't know why, but I remember when you moved down 
to Orlando. Like it was like a big thing. Yeah, I don't. I think you yeah, guys posted about it. It was definitely a big thing. Um, it was a big thing because I mean, your family is not there, yeah. and then you're well, like, the funny part was my parents did not care that I was moving. That's how much I liked him. Oh. <laughs> I told them, like, I told yeah, them, please take her. Didn't even fight <laughs> me on it. Like yeah. I, I honestly expected some like pushback from my parents. No, I told them, I told them I was moving. They're like, okay, we'll come visit you. And I was like, That's it. <laughs> like you're not gonna ask me. Like you're not gonna like argue with me about it. Yeah. Um, and I think I. I feel like that's probably pretty telling of <laughs> how much my parents liked him. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like they know, you know. Yeah. Um, they know before you know that yeah. this, is, this is it. So going back to that, and I think just, there was never, so while I feel like while baby fever is a thing, but there's also like never the necessarily like best time or right time to have a kid. Well, mm-hmm. I think like when you feel like you're in like in a just in a good place in your life because after having children I can tell you like nothing will ever prepare you so mm-hmm. I just feel like when you are like in a good place that you feel like you can be responsible for taking care of like fully a hundred like ten percent taking care of like someone else that's probably like a good indication that mm-hmm. you know if you want kids maybe start trying um but yeah so so we, we like kind of talked about it and I feel like I just had to keep mentioning it to him to kind of inception the idea into his head because <laughs> it's like the very non-traditional route. And I, I think he did want to do the whole wedding thing, like okay. wedding thing first. But for me, not that I felt like I was getting too old per se, but I was like at that point, like I really just was like, I want the kid. But if we were to get married, I was like, man, we'd have to get engaged then we had to wait at least another year because we'd have to plan the wedding and then et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then at that point, I would just, it would be safe. I, it's safe to say that we just, we weren't like actively trying, trying, but we weren't like, okay, if it happened, like it wouldn't be an accident, you know, we wouldn't be yeah, like, yeah. now. So we, yeah. So then I got pregnant fairly quickly, which I marry, I guess I'm, very fortunate, you know, that both of my pregnancies have actually been pretty smooth and I haven't had any complications and had, mm-hmm. uh, have any trouble. But, um, yeah, I got engaged while I was pregnant. Um, it was actually a month before I was due. Got married after I had my daughter and then got pregnant again right after her first birthday, basically. Wow. Very yeah. tight windows. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The second kid was, I feel so bad saying this all the time. And even Mike today was like, you should stop saying this. But our second kid was an accident in terms of timing. Yeah. Um, I always knew I wanted two kids. Uh, two kids was my max because there's only two parents. Um, <laughs> example, this weekend when we went out for Mother's Day mm-hmm. dinner, he was holding her because she was grumpy. I was holding mm-hmm. him because he needed a nap. And I was like, you see, if we had a third kid, it would just not work out. Yep. <laughs> Yep, it's true. Yep. We definitely have had that moment where we're both looking at each other like we definitely can't do this third this third baby if we have yes. one. Um or we need backup. Um yeah, definitely. So yeah, so you said you were among the first of your friends to have a baby, like for the most part. Like maybe a few friends, you know, had kids, yeah. but you were the first. So like how did you approach pregnancy? Like did you feel like you had enough knowledge did you seek it did you like just wing it and you're like this is cool I don't need to know or I don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) I want to say probably a combination of all of the above um in terms of like the like in terms of being pregnant you know I downloaded like uh there's so many apps out there I think the one I downloaded was baby centers like Mm -hmm. help track because you could see like oh this week your baby it's one of those things that like this week your baby is the size of isn't this a cauliflower yeah, like, yeah 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 like different like developments of your fetus while it's in your womb um I did buy a book I think I only got through like one tenth of it <laughs> it's a fairly detailed book it's and I feel like a lot of um moms to be probably have heard of it it's called what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. um so I mean it's there is a lot of like really good information and then I think sometimes if I had questions after my doctor's visits and I just 
didn't feel like I asked my doctor. I could actually flip through the book mm. and that was helpful. But yeah. again, I'm very fortunate that both my pregnancies were very smooth. So I don't think I worry too much. There's with the first one, there's always like the general worries of like, okay, well, like what can I eat now? Like what can I not yeah. eat? Back then I had um, been really into working out. So I was also like worried. I was like, oh, can I still continue mm. to uh, like primarily like lift? Uh, I was lifting weights and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then things like that. But actually, I think you can still lift weights, right? You can still. If you were then, doing um, it before. If, yeah. So don't start if you've never done it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually healthy to stay active while you're pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. I did discover that staying active while you're pregnant actually helps out. It helps during your pregnancy and I think it, it helps postpartum with when you think about like oh well how's my body going to bounce back mm-hmm. um, if you were fairly active beforehand I think you'll have and I mean this could just be my experience I don't know if there's like any scientific backing to it but it, I feel like I had an easier time uh, like bouncing back in terms of mm-hmm. uh, like physically after because I was active beforehand mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably just like your muscles are still there. They're just, mm-hmm. they were under a baby and now <laughs> they can, <laughs> they yeah. can recover. But, um, yeah. But yeah, so Penny isn't too bad. And then I think the a lot of hospitals, they do also offer classes. Um, mm-hmm. The hospitals that I delivered at that offered free classes, which was pretty cool. I did make Mike come take like the newborn 101 class, mm-hmm. which was kind of I mean kind of helpful it just gives you like a general like well things such as oh like you don't need to wash your baby every day which I mean I wouldn't have known I probably would have I would have washed him every day yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, things like that uh yeah I think my biggest worry when I was pregnant was actually being able to breastfeed afterwards um Mm. because I want to say our parents generation I feel like a lot of us like you and I and like my husband Mike we grew up as, well, I know Mike and I did, we grew up as formula-fed babies, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our parent generation, that's what was advertised. That's what was, mm-hmm. it was like a big push for formula feeding. Mm-hmm. Whereas these days, it's a really, really big push for breastfeeding. Um, if you talk mm-hmm. to like, lactation consultants and stuff, like everyone is like, oh, you know, if you can breastfeed, like that's better for your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, after having two kids, honestly, just fed is best. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But that, that was one of my big fears that I wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to breastfeed. So in addition to the newborn one-on-one class, I did take the breastfeeding class, which, I mean, it's just, again, anything parenting, it's it's like stuff that you would never, you would never have to think about on a daily basis. So like, yeah. it's, 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 I would say that class is helpful, but again, even if you don't take it, like, everyone's pregnancy everyone's postpartum journey is different you know yeah I feel like you so you said you were nervous about not being able to breastfeed but I didn't even feel like there was a reason I wouldn't be able to like like it was never like I just never even knew that there was struggles in breastfeeding Mm -hmm. I just assumed it was something you could do my assumption was I was worried I wouldn't be able to produce enough milk But I didn't even, like, think of that. I was just like, oh, like, yeah, you just breast, like, your body just does it. And, like, the baby just knows what they're going to do and everything's going to be fine. Like, it's not even something to think about. That's that's true, Um, actually. Um, I think my, what I was worried about was I wouldn't be able to produce enough milk. But what I learned was with breastfeeding, there's so many other problems that could come with it. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I'm fortunate I didn't have, the funny thing is I was so worried that I wasn't going to be able to breastfeed with my daughter I breastfed her exclusively, not by choice, for her entire first year because she would not take the bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> no that was a struggle for us, too, uh, because actually we did give him the bottle initially because I didn't have milk. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to not have milk, but I didn't have milk for the first few days. So we did give him a bottle. And then I was like, oh, no, we've messed him up we have to take away the bottle and then I was like oh no I'm trapped forever because he doesn't take anything but the boob now so there's just yeah. like this ongoing like battle I was having no, I think I was like and that too because yeah. again like at the hospital like the nurses and stuff like 
they they push they push for like breastfeeding you know if you can mm-hmm. like they push for breastfeeding and then so it's like it was drilled into my mind from taking the class and even the nurses at the hospital that I delivered at they're like okay you should exclusively breastfeed your child for like at least the first six weeks like don't mm-hmm. introduce a bottle until like they are like um don't introduce a bottle until like they're basically good at breastfeeding yeah but time, it's too late so I did yeah. really I, for like the six weeks. So I was like, this was a nurse. Yep, like, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to listen to them, but then I didn't because uh, I did the 30 day postpartum. Mm. And I remember that we were going out to lunch for like the 30 day postpartum. And I, mm. I, this is my first like outing, like after the, the, the being closed in. So I was like, well, I don't feel comfortable. Like, breastfeeding in public mm-hmm. yet I've, I literally have not been in public in 30 days mm-hmm. so then I was like oh let me pump this bottle so like I I was already like starting to use bottles and I had used the haka so I had like all milk like catching so then I was like slowly kind of giving the bottle to him anyway but he was like really fighting it um oh, and oh took no. my mom like my mom had to do it like feed him and I had mm-hmm. to like leave the premises um, and then finally he started drinking it cause he was like starving as I was like out, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's like so confusing, you know, like, I don't know. Definitely. That's a, yeah. When we first, like, when we first, like when she was first like showing her bottle aversion, my husband and I were like, we didn't even know this could be like a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, being, I know. Um, because I, I don't, I think the other reason I was worried about breastfeeding is because I had, read I've like I've probably read or heard stories about moms who haven't been able to breastfeed because like their babies like like I didn't like it it didn't concern me as much like the why but just like they couldn't breastfeed so in my mind I was like I don't know for that was just really important to me for some reason yeah did you end up having trouble or were you like um like besides the bottle thing did you actually I mean no so I I got lucky that we didn't have to um I think actually the nurse at the hospital told me that I had the perfect shape breast for breastfeeding. <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. Mike's like, like, should I, I leave the room? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm lucky I did it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, in terms of like the physical aspects of pregnancy and like postpartum, I'm very fortunate that I didn't have um, too many complications, you know, mm-hmm. like labor delivery. Um, How was your birth story? Like, did you feel in control? Did you kind of like sit around in your house waiting? I would say yes. Like definitely on the first, like anything the first time you do it, um, it's just kind of like, well, what is it going to be like? You know, like, like when people talk about water breaking, it's like, what, what is that? Like, what does yeah. that feel like? And I feel like um, when, when you haven't gone through pregnancy and you think of water breaking, you think of what happens in movies, right? It's this mm-hmm. dramatic, oh my gosh, my water broke, like the water's leaking everywhere. Yeah. But in real life, I mean, I, I'm sure that does happen to some women, yeah. which is why it's shown in movies like that. But I'm sure like for most women, it is really not that dramatic. And a lot of times um, I learned that, you know, a lot of times women's water don't even break. A lot of times it's like, people don't notice Mm. um I think with my daughter with my eldest I I you know I wasn't sure (laughs) um I was I remember it being I was working in the morning and then um I I like was so unsure about the whole thing because I was also like well what does the contraction feel like like how do you how do you know yeah 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 Um, and then uh Again, because I didn't really have any friends that had gone through yeah. pregnancy, and like the maybe like one or two that I knew, um, they and they got induced anyway. They got mm. induced or they had like gone C sections. Mm. So, so I so I'm just like, well, how do you know like when it's time? Yeah. Because I in in like preparation or like I think probably as I got closer to my due date, my doctor was like, yeah, you don't need to go to the hospital right away, etc. Um, yeah, that like rule where it's where you are supposed to time your contractions you know mm-hmm. what is it like if you have five minutes yeah or, it's like yeah within five minutes and they last for like one minute long mm-hmm. each for like one hour or whatever um so I think the the morning of like I 
in my mind, I was like, okay, I think I'm getting contractions because now I'm getting this like crampy feeling, but it wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I was working and then I had like a meeting come up before I started my meeting because it was like an hour long meeting. I was like, oh, let me go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom, I came back and my meeting started. And then <laughs> this sounds so weird, but I was like, all right. I feel like I'm still peeing, but I went to the bathroom like 10 minutes oh, ago. Okay. Me my water broke. But again, it's like a very unsure feeling. Yeah. Because TMI, I, I mean, anyone who has gone through pregnancy, towards the end of your pregnancy, you probably have to pee a lot anyway. Yeah. It, you may leak sometimes because yeah. you just have to pee so much and you have all this pressure on your bladder. So it was very like maybe my water broke, maybe my water didn't, maybe I'm having contractions, but I don't know if they're like strong enough to go mm-hmm. to the hospital yet. Um, and in my mind, I was just like, you know what, let me finish this meeting and then, <laughs> I, and then I'll let Mike know. So the hour goes by and then towards the end, I was like, all right, well, my cramps are getting worse. So I guess I should tell Mike now. Yeah. Was he home or he wasn't even there? He wasn't, he wasn't oh. home, but he, okay works luckily he works close and the hospital is actually only like a 10 minute drive from our house okay so by the time i by the time my meeting was over by the time i called him i was like you know what if i go to the hospital and they tell me that i'm not ready i have to go home it's okay we only live 10 minutes Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. got to the hospital when the doctor came to check they were like oh you're like eight seven years dilated right so you're 10 you're like 10 to start pushing and i was like oh and they're like you don't feel it and i was like i mean I guess, but I didn't know. Like, I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, when they told me I was eight and I was like, oh, this is not bad. I was like, maybe I won't get the epidural. And then they, when they asked me, I thought about it again. I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. I'm glad I did because it took the anesthesiologist another two hours before she got (gasps) to my room. And at that time I was, I was dying. Then I was like, okay. Yeah, I need Wait, it. But Come you went on. from so you were at eight already, and in two hours yeah. you didn't get to ten already. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, with Olivia, I was in the hospital for ten hours before she actually came oh, out. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't. Um, so I still like delivered. So you stuck around day. at eight to ten for ten hours. That is insane. Basically. Well, so now I think I stuck around from eight to like like close to 10 for like eight. And then the pushing part actually took me two hours. Oh, it's geez. funny because when they told me that I could start like pushing or whatever, like I, I guess I was just trying to make conversation or something, or maybe Mike had asked yeah. a question, but we had asked, we were like, we asked the nurse who was there. We were like, Oh, you know, like what's the longest you've had someone like be pushing or whatever. And yeah. she was like, I think for me it was like three hours. And I was like, Oh my God, that sounds like so long, especially because I've been in the hospital. No, it still took me two hours because I could have at that point, like definitely the epidural, like had two yeah, yeah, yeah. only thing. So every time they said push, I was like, I don't know. Am I pushing? Am oh, I doing? Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but I mean, again, if that's like the worst of it, like I can't yeah. really go. Green. Um, at least that means the epidural was working. I didn't yeah. feel anything until after. So yeah. So oh, I, wow. you know, I think I like while I was waiting for those like eight hours, I like took a nap. <laughs> I ate a lot of like ice chips because that's all you can eat. Yeah, probably watched like a movie. I'm not sure. That's but, my yeah. That was my biggest like annoyance about the whole thing because um I went to the hospital earlier for my second because like I had I had blood come out and the first time I didn't have blood so then I was like super confused because I was like oh I don't know and I didn't have um consistent contractions I was having like contractions on and off for a while Mm -hmm. so then when I finally saw the blood I was like let's just go in case like Mm -hmm. I feel nervous and then they're like, oh, like, it looks like everything's okay. Um, they're so flu, like, your water didn't break, whatever. So okay. I was there for, like, I went at 4 a.m. And he didn't come out till, like, 4 p.m. the next day. So I didn't eat, like, I mean, yeah. I ate dinner. But I didn't yeah. eat at, like, midnight, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. from dinner, which was, like, probably, like, 6 o'clock to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. To, like, the next day at, like, 4 p.m. I didn't eat oh anything. Gosh. Except for, like, the fries that, like, Jinx snuck me. Um, And then, like, 
And then, so I gave birth, whatever. It was fine. It was, it was fine. The birth experience was fine. But then I got dinner and it was just one dinner. So I'm like, literally in 24 hours, I've only had this one oh meal God. and like ice chips and then, or Italian ice. Um, yeah. I, I, there is a reason why, why you can't eat after you go into yeah, I yeah. Know what it is, and then in I, case you have to have a C-section, like uh, you can't yeah, yeah, be yeah. having anything yeah. in your system. But like, they should write on your chart somewhere that you haven't eaten in like twenty-four hours, besides this one meal, and you're now supposed to like breastfeed and like rest, and you're like starving, you know? Oh, um, definitely. I remember. Yeah. Like after my the epidural wore off and everything I was so hungry so like tired luckily everything went well but like afterwards it was just yeah like (laughs) hunger tiredness yeah Yeah. did you have Olivia during lockdown like COVID times yeah we um had her I think it was like right as COVID was coming into the U.S. so okay it was like right before like the major lockdowns and stuff, but like uh, I think it was right about when people were starting to like limit. So like the hospital didn't yeah. have no visitor policy. I think like they just had enacted like the like no additional like you could only bring one person in um, policy as we were going. Yeah. Um, so although to be honest, I mean my parents still live in Maryland. I'm in Florida now, and then Mike's mom back. Then we live in Orlando, but she lives uh, like two, three hours south. I'm sure if we asked her, she would have um, come anyway. But I think I didn't want anyone at the hospital, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it's like too Um, much for you, right? Like you're just like, let me just rest and not. Yeah, especially with the first birth, just more so like I didn't know. Like, because you don't know, you know, um, you don't know, like, what could happen or, like, what it's going to be like. So I would have, mm-hmm. I just prefer to, like, kind of have a couple of days to, like, figure things out myself. Um, yeah. So uh, sounds like you, I mean, you pushed for two hours, which is a lot, but yeah. it didn't seem, it seems like overall it was, like, a good story. Um, yeah. And did you, did you have any, like pain or anything or they discharged you as normal? Yeah, so I did have um, I did have some tearing with Olivia um, and I think for the, for I feel like for a first time, you probably will always um, the doctor had mentioned they're like, yeah, most women when they go through birth, like they'll always have some tearing mm-hmm. I think what's normal is like a second degree and I think it was pretty normal mm-hmm. um, but I, again, I think the fact that I was active like I was an active individual Mm -hmm. it did help me in terms of recovery so like the six weeks after right you shouldn't be doing any like really strenuous activity until your doctor clears you at your six-week appointment Mm -hmm. um I think for me by like week three I was feeling okay like I could walk around luckily back then we lived in the one-story house so I didn't have Mm -hmm. to like walk up the stairs Mm -hmm. or stuff um but I was you know, like by week three, I could like go outside and like take walks, like sh- short walks with Olivia yeah. every day. So um, I know Mike's self-employed, so I don't know if he gets like paternity leave or anything, but what kind of support did you have in the postpartum phase? Due to COVID, everyone's being really cautious. So actually for the first, I want to say month, it was just Mike, Olivia and I. Mm-hmm. Um, not only am I fortunate that my pregnancy and my birth have been were uncomplicated, but uh, both of my children actually, they're they're healthy and they didn't have too many like problems when they're born. Mm-hmm. Again, as someone who's like not like as someone who's not a parent, you like you never you never think about like just how like babies are really just born at zero. Mm-hmm. They know nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you hear you hear from other parents that like you know you have to teach your kid like their kids all this stuff and stuff but you literally have to teach your baby everything they don't know how to eat they don't know how to <laughs> pee or poop their like digestive yeah. system is not like necessarily like fully functional mm-hmm. um right as they're born yeah I mean even something like you have to teach them how to pass gas like you have to help yes. them like pass gas you're like 
what <laughs> they don't yeah, right? yeah. Sleep like a baby is such a useless phrase yeah. like who, who, who <laughs> phrase? Like, babies don't babies don't know how to sleep like i don't know why anyone says sleep like a baby <laughs> i'm very fortunate my company offers a 12-week paid maternity leave mm-hmm. the fact that i have to say that i'm very fortunate to get that i feel like is still kind of bullcrap like 12 weeks is nothing mm-hmm. um but i do realize that uh compared to a lot of people in the u.s like 12 weeks paid is pretty good um Mike can technically paternity leave, although he always says he has to talk to his boss. I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, you're like, so talk to me, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, because we basically had our firstborn like right when COVID mm-hmm. really happened, um, everything was kind of shut down anyway. Yeah. So even though we didn't have, we weren't able to have outside help. Um, like we're we're lucky that she wasn't like super fussy, yeah. you know. She had like all the like normal. They're not even really issues, but you know, again, like for the first week or two, maybe she didn't like. She was kind of gassy sometimes, but that's an easy fix, you know. We're just lucky that she didn't have like really bad reflux. Mm-hmm. She didn't have colic, which is like another. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've never had to deal with a baby that had colic, uh, but I hear that it's just absolutely terrible mm-hmm. um i remember with olivia like the crying was such a trigger trigger for me so yeah. if she had colic i could only like imagine yeah sanity would have gone yeah i feel like i feel like my second one probably had a little bit of colic because mm-hmm. we were just like we really don't remember the first one crying like this like this often and like mm-hmm. it's just like oh you're being the colic means they cry for more than three hours a day or something. And I was like, yeah, this guy definitely cries more than that. But like, it's like, like, what do you do about it? Nothing. There's nothing you can do. You literally just like. It's definitely just that catch all time for your baby is a cry baby. (laughs) Sometimes my husband says that he's like, he's such a cry baby. I'm like, he's literally a baby. Like, like, so oh my gosh, my husband says the same thing. And on one hand, it's like either we just flat out don't remember Olivia crying that much mm-hmm. because we've just blocked that stuff out of our head. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I had my second, I blocked out. I Like, when people ask me, I'm like, I blocked out the first three months of Olivia's life. Like, other than the fact that I was tired, I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was like, maybe she cried as much. Maybe she didn't. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um. At least the second time around, I think because you, it, it's still different. Like with every baby is different, but at least you have some experience. At least you have some knowledge and like, you know, at that point, it's kind of like babies just cry, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean there's anything. It doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job because you're probably doing like the best that you can do. But sometimes they just need to cry. Yeah. Like they might not be hungry. They might not like. They might not need a diaper change. They might not be in pain, but they don't, they don't know any better. So they just cry. I really think people need to hear that more because I felt like that was my breaking point. I think it was probably like week three and like nothing I was doing was making him not cry. And like, that was around the time my mom actually left. Cause she like only took two weeks to mm-hmm. help me. And then I just remember just like kind of going insane. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And like, yeah, I mean, I think as a first time mom, you know, as a first time mom, no matter like what anyone tells you about like, oh, you don't have to worry too much. You don't have like, et cetera. Like you, you always will, because I feel like it's human nature that a lot of times until you go through something yourself, it's, it doesn't necessarily stick in your mind, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do think with, like, af- after your first kid, like, with subsequent kids, like, you, again, even though every kid is different, like, you, each subsequent kid might have their own, like, unique, mm-hmm. I don't want to say problems, but the, like, unique, like, things they had to deal with. But you also kind of just learn in general, again, like, with the baby crying, it's, I don't, it's like, with Hen- with our son, Henry, like, I don't know if it's we let him cry more because we know that it's like not that that's serious. just yeah <laughs> yeah so, definitely with Olivia I think every time she cried like we try to like we picked her up we, yeah. like, we you know try to like subdue the cry 
And I think this time around, sometimes, you know, he just cries. So we've definitely, maybe he cries more. Maybe we've just let him cry more because it's not, it's still a big deal, but it's not like the end of the world big deal. Yeah. Um, And so you guys were in kind of lockdown. You're pretty alone in a way, just the three of you plus, plus your Husky. I think thinking back, having at least for me having my first kid during lockdown was a little bit of a silver lining only because me being like one of the first of my friends to have Mm. like a kid you know regardless of whether we were in lockdown or we weren't like I probably would have like stayed at home been Mm. too tired to like do anything else Mm. like my mind would just all been about my child because nobody else could do anything else anyway. <laughs> it made me feel a little better, yeah. a little less lonely, a little less having FOMO, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, what really helped too was while I was one of the first amongst my friends, I was fortunate enough that I had um, a few a few friends who actually got pregnant at the same time as me. Mm-hmm. So I think what really kind of saves my sanity was actually having those friends who um, who were going through the same exact thing at the same at the same time, mm-hmm. you know. Because again, even if you hear from like other parents, like parents of older kids, um, like like even even your parents, like if they try to give you advice, it's kind of like you a lot of times you may maybe like you listen with one ear and it goes out the other ear mm-hmm. um and again sometimes like maybe the advice is invalid because your kid is different your kid doesn't do that or yeah. you know they're you know, stuff like that but just being able to talk with someone who like knows at that moment like how you're feeling and like maybe they're going through it too and being able to like bounce ideas off of each other versus like going down the rabbit hole of Google, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it really, it really helped. Um, You know, like I could be up at 3am either because I had to do a feeding or I just couldn't sleep. And if I texted, someone would probably be up with me Mm -hmm. and respond. Um, So that was really nice. I think when they talked about, you know, it takes a village to um, raise your babies. It's not just necessarily like, oh, your family. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, your family who's there for support, but definitely your friends, mm-hmm. you know, your friends who have children and even your friends who don't. Because with this time around with Henry, um, I don't really have a friends who are pregnant at the same I didn't have friends who are pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have friends who are going through like the newborn stage at the same time as me. Mm-hmm. But during my maternity leave I did have a lot of friends who actually um because we're not in like the height of COVID anymore who have stopped by mm-hmm. and like um came to visit, dropped off food, just like like hung out for a little bit and chatted and that really helped too. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. yeah I speaking as an extrovert I totally agree <laughs> I had to do the confinement and so it was really nice when people just like stop by to hold my baby while I eat like hot food you know <laughs> um yeah or just someone to stop by so you can have some adult conversation yeah. um yeah yeah, I actually felt like it was easier for me to go back to work because I was like, oh, I go to work and if people want something, they tell me what they want and then I can do it, right? If I want to do it. At home, it's like, you just don't know what people want sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a... Uh, that was yeah. uh, big for me. So, um, so yeah. when did you start feeling like yourself again? You said three weeks you were feeling physically good and you were going out for a walk with Olivia. Um, mm-hmm. How long did it take before you felt like more yourself? Uh, that's a great question because I thought I was and then I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so phys- yeah, the physical recovery postpartum was I guess easy for me the mental part was a lot harder um so I had a lot of anxiety 
after Olivia. Um, and I'm sure there's like a lot of contributing factors, uh, like your hormone levels, your, your hormone trying to level out, um, just this new, like this new found, like discovery that there is this tiny human who is mm. wholly dependent on you because they can't do anything themselves. Uh, lack of sleep, um, the fatigue. pandemic I'm sure contributed yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so definitely had a lot of anxiety and at first I didn't really think much of it because I always talk about, Oh, like, you know, women get the baby blues and stuff. That's mm-hmm. really normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it probably got to the point where like breaking down all the time. And mm-hmm. then at some point my husband was just like, you know, maybe you should go get that checked out. Like you should go talk to your doctor or something like just in case, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice because I think I was noticing it, but I was also choosing to tell myself that, you know, like, I'll just get over it. Like, mm. it, it'll, it'll be fine. Like, it'll, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it probably got to the point where my husband was like, you should probably, yeah, go see a doctor. Yeah. Uh, which I think at first I might have been a little offended, but then I did realize it afterwards. So I was like, you know, I should probably just talk to my OB, see if she, like, has any advice she could give me. Yeah. Or even if she has any suggestions, like, maybe she'll have someone that I can talk to, like, talk about these feelings with so when I talked to my uh, OB she was like you definitely have postpartum anxiety which I didn't even know was a thing mm-hmm. um, and then she had stated that it sounds like you have maybe like a very mild case of postpartum depression which really surprised me mm-hmm. because before becoming a mom when I think about postpartum depression I think about, you know, women who say they don't connect with their babies. Like, they feel, like, a lack of love for their baby. Other, like, signs of depression, you know, like, not being able to, like, get out of bed or, like, thinking about, like, having harmful thoughts, Mm -hmm. like, either harming yourself, harming your Mm -hmm. child, things such as that, which I didn't check off and I didn't check any of those boxes. You know, I was, like, so in love with my daughter. Yes, I was tired, mm-hmm. but, like, I, it's not – like, I could still get out of bed. Like, I could still do stuff. Um, I, like, mm-hmm. wasn't thinking about harming anyone, things like that. But I think after talking to my doctor, I realized, you know, postpartum depression, it, it can manifest itself differently in, like, everyone. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. there are – like, those are kind of the extreme symptoms, especially the ones that, like – like the suicidal yeah. ones, but like it could really just kind of be as much as not feeling like yourself. Um, and so that took me by surprise, but um, she did prescribe me a medication, which I'm still on. And the medication, it doesn't, it's not like it makes everything all rainbow and sunshine. It's not like a cure-all, but it does for me because I think yeah. I did have the anxiety I, I feel like definitely postpartum anxiety and depression go hand in hand I'm I think if you have one you most likely probably have a little bit of the other anyway but at least for the anxiety mm. it helped take yeah. the edge off a little bit um I was yeah. definitely reluctant to get the medication at first not just in Asian culture but like in society in general like mental health is still kind of like a taboo subject mm-hmm is a taboo subject and especially like when you hear people are like on like those antidepressant or anti-anxiety like medications like Zola, Percocet, things like that is kind of has like a very negative connotation so I was very reluctant to go to medication route but I think I was also mm-hmm. like reaching my breaking point where I was like I just yeah like I feel like for lack of a better word and I will I am willing to try something that will help me feel better. I know you said you had like a little mommy posse group, right? (laughs) That you guys all had kids at the same time. Is that something they picked up on? Or do you feel like you kind of like hid it from them? A little bit. Because I think every mom and not not just not just moms, but uh, probably like for dads, it doesn't get talked about enough. I'm sure it happens to dads as well. But like every parent, they Mm. react to So parenting, Mm -hmm. like everyone had different parenting styles, you know? And so I think like amongst my group of friends, like one of my friends was more similar to me than like a couple of the others. Like while we, uh, and then when I talked to her about it um, specifically, because I think other than me, like when we chatted, like we could all tell like who 
had the most like anxiety kind of. So she definitely had a lot of anxiety too. Mm. And um, I think I reached out to her and chatted with her about it, especially after talking to my doctor. Um, and with her, yeah. it's she she basically sounded like she was going through the same thing I was going. But unfortunately, she um, I think she didn't get as much support as I did because she said that when she had told her mom, her mom has kind of the mentality had kind of the, like mentality and I don't know if she's like a culture thing or like a generation thing but her mom was kind mm-hmm. of just like you know suck it up like get over it yeah mental like, get health over it. um especially f- like for postpartum it's not talked about a lot yeah 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 and I think it's um not only is it taboo I think it's hard to know the signs because like you said you didn't have like the typical checklist of symptoms and your anxiety could have been portrayed as like oh she's just a very type a Mm -hmm. mom who wants to make sure everything's orderly with her household and her children you know so like I feel like in some cases people would praise that and be like wow what a great mom she can like multitask Mm -hmm. all this stuff in her head Instead of like, oh, like maybe, you know, maybe you need a little bit of help to relieve some of the stress you have. Yeah. Um, and especially, and I think uh, in one of the earlier episodes, or like maybe in your intro episode for a podcast, you had mentioned, you know, a lot of times it's like people play up like when you're pregnant so much. You know, my, my husband mm-hmm. actually made a joke. He was like, oh, I bet you wouldn't mind being pregnant again just because, like, it was, it was like, easy, it was easy for you, you know? And then everyone's, like, so nice yeah. to you, like, things like that, like, even strangers and however. But then it's, yeah. like, once you give birth, it's all about the baby. And, like, oftentimes it's, yeah. like, well, now it was all about the mom. Now it's all about the baby. But it, but the mom yeah. probably is actually even having a harder time now. And then everyone just kind of forgets yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even just like the physical component also, but it's in a way like saying goodbye to who you were, right? Because you're now this whole new person. Yes, you birthed a new person, Mm -hmm. but you've also kind of sunsetted a little bit of who you were before on top of that. Um, So it's like a little bit of letting go that maybe people don't talk about it because they don't want to draw attention to this. maybe sad part right like you know I feel like some moms are sad about like sunsetting who they were pre-kids sometimes right yeah, even I mean, if you love your life now it's it's definitely and I think back to your original questions like when did I start feeling like me again um it probably took in the entire like first year it wasn't until like after mm-hmm. my daughter's first birthday where I could where I felt like I could kind of let go a little bit um mm-hmm. and then again then I got pregnant right away which, I mean <laughs> luckily my second pregnancy was pretty smooth as well so I guess I had that whole year like while like after my daughter's first birthday and then like while I was pregnant that it was I was starting mm-hmm. to get back into doing like like me stuff like uh I yeah. I finally felt comfortable you know like leaving her for the evening um I finally felt comfortable letting someone else put her to bed things like that I I felt like I now like I felt like I could allow myself to go like hang out with people without her yeah yeah um and then I mean all in all though like when I think when when I think about it right it's like I I guess I quotes gave up like a year of my life but when I think back on it you know a year is really not that long um a year is really not that long and then like as she got older and as I just like enjoyed her more now I can now I can bring her into my life you know like now when I go hang out Mm -hmm. with people like I can bring her because I don't I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm going to miss a nap time or whatever stuff. So yeah. like, I think with that mindset, like going into like my second birth, um, I definitely feel a lot better this time around. Um, although I'm not sure if part of it is because I was on the medication, like from the beginning this time. <laughs> um, 
but I think also just like with that mindset, like when I think about it, like with Olivia, it was, it was like up in like, not even like the full first year, like probably by the time she got to 10 months, like we were like starting to take her out more often and things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, with the second one, definitely time feels like it's flying by quicker. Like yeah. I can't believe it's already been three months. Like honestly, like his six months will probably come up soon. And then, yeah. and then he'll be like the year again. And then, you know, probably at the year mark, I can get a little bit of a breather and start feeling myself again. Yeah. I think, uh, well, just in my experience, I feel like you just slowly become more and more confident as a parent. Mm-hmm. And like, soon it just gets like, you just become uh, good at like rolling with the punches. I think so. I like think- we, yeah, like we'll find that like, oh, well, we figured it out. Like this is a good system. And then the next thing you know, it's like regression or like some other like, you know, pie yeah. training or like, you know, whatever. Um, and then you just kind of get used to like knowing that you'll need to yes. always adapt and that your family is always going to go through like new seasons. Yeah, as, you, like, you everyone's learn growing to be up. more flexible like like everything probably like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of traits that I mean for me at least like a whole bunch of traits that I thought I had after I had kids I realized I didn't have but now I I do sometimes patience I thought I was a future person but now I think about it, I'm like no no you don't know what patience is until you have a child <laughs> um, yeah but yeah I think you just learn to be more flexible and then as you, you know, you learn, you learn through time that your kids are probably more resilient than you think they are. If you had a way to send yourself a message in the past before you were a mom, what would you tell yourself? Oh, geez. Um, really savor that last glass of alcohol I had because it's been two years and I've had a drink. No, I'm kidding. But in all seriousness, if I could, like, if there was some way I could tell myself to just, like, to to just relax a little more like that for me, that's like the biggest thing. Um, I think as a first time parent, no matter what anyone tells you how it's going to be fine at the end of the day, like you're, you're just going to worry because you know, mm-hmm. you don't use your first time doing it. You don't know if you're doing it right. You don't know if you're doing it wrong. Like maybe like maybe your child, like something is wrong with your child that like none of your other friends, like kids have gone through, um, Thing like that. Mm-hmm. If there was like a way I could tell myself to just like at the end of the day, if your child is fed, if they know they are loved, like like it'll be okay. Like if mm-hmm. maybe today they weren't on the exact schedule that you needed them to be, but it'll be okay because you're because they're not robots, you know, even as adults, like even if we have routine just schedules, not mm-hmm. every single day will be the exact same for us. Um that's why no one's perfect in the world, I guess. And so if you don't expect yourself to like be perfect every day, like you can't expect your child to, um, yeah. Yeah. I would say the message is to worry less, but to, but to focus more on like the, on like the, to focus more on just the fact that, you know, you're doing like a good job, like you are being the best parent you can be to your kid. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, especially because all the things that could happen as a new mom can be overwhelming. And I know people who are expecting spend a lot of time worrying about the future and like what all the things they have to do and all the things they have to get right. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's a really good message. Uh, I wanted to thank you for sharing your experience with uh, the postpartum anxiety. I think this topic, like you said, it's just starting to unfold more and more as like mental health becomes top of mind for people and postpartum care becomes a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming. Did you want to say something else? Uh, well, I, was gonna say, I think a lot of times too, it's, uh, it's, I mean, what helped me in addition to like, just kind of identifying what, like what was wrong and the medication did help, but just having, just being able to like, voice my feelings out loud just being able to like talk about it out loud um as much as you know my husband he's like super supportive he's a great dad but I feel like men don't quite get it so Mm -hmm. with my friend who was kind of going through similar things as me like when I talked to her like she 
um, one, it was just nice to have someone like to know that you have someone there to listen that won't judge mm-hmm. you. And then, um, mm-hmm. and just to know, like, you're, you're not, you're not like doing it alone, you know, like she's mm-hmm. doing the same things as you're feeling. And I just want to say like, if you like, don't like, if you feel like it's gone beyond just kind of like the baby blues feeling, like definitely find someone at the very least to talk to. I think that helps a lot, you know, even if it's like not necessarily like a licensed therapist or however, just like getting those thoughts and feelings out definitely helps. Yeah. I think that, makes a lot of sense and um just having any kind of conversation with someone in your support system like you said doesn't have to be family right doesn't have to be your partner it could be just like a friend of yours that can be a a second ear to what you're going through yeah um so yeah thank you so much for your time I know it's hard to carve out time with two little ones. Um, and, well, you caught me uh, at a good time. So I'm attorney. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can tomorrow. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus you sleep train them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So for those of you listening, um, in addition to enjoying this conversation with Sally, I hope this episode provided you some perspective on mental health and the need to have transparent discussions with your support system. Um, it's also really important important to notice how uh, postpartum anxiety or depression can manifest in different ways for different people. Um, Ama & Co. is working to demystify and raise awareness and provide support across many aspects of postpartum. So for for more information, please check out www.amaandco.com and I'll see you next time on Ama Need a Minute.